The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What is up, everyone? Uh, this is not the voice of Mike Heck. This is still the voice of Alexander K. Lee. Uh, heck of a morning to you all. Lee of a morning to you all. Just for one more day, guys. Uh, I believe, I believe our beloved Mike Heck will return as of tomorrow. And of course, uh, won't do a show tomorrow, but will likely be back on Thursday. I think he'll be doing a Free For All Friday as well as normal. But as you guys know, UFC 288 pay-per-view week. That means Mike will be traveling to New York for the watch along, hanging out with uh, Connor Burks and whatever other guests the managed to rope in. So the man comes back, he's going to hit the ground running. Uh, we'll start the show soon. Tons of topics to talk about. Again, pay per views this weekend. We, I know the weekend, you know, uh, the past weekend, we can still talk about that. Uh, we had a lot of some appearances on the MMA Hour from a lot of the uh, BKFC crew. So there's a ton to talk about. Uh, we'll be with you in one second. I just let this populate a little bit. All right, guys, let's get this show on the road properly. Uh, like I said, a lot of stuff happened this weekend. Let me give a big shout-out first to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm not a hockey guy myself, so this is more a shout-out to my friends. Uh, a lot of my friends, of course, I, I live in the greater Toronto area, hardcore Leafs fans. They've been waiting 19 years just to see the Maple Leafs win a series. So if you're a Maple Leaf fan out there, uh, congratulations to you. I'll be happy if they win it, of course, but again, I'm not, I'm not a true blue uh, Leafs fan. I'll be happy like in a more casual way, but I know a lot of people I know and love will be thrilled and it just, it'll blow my mind if 
the Leafs actually even make it to the Stanley Cup. So good stuff there, guys. And uh, condolences to uh, Boston Bruins fans. Mike Heck, of course, is one of them. I will not shovel dirt on the grave anymore. That needs to be done. Crazy upset there. We had BKFC 41, UFC Vegas 72. A lot of Conor McGregor talk. Uh, we didn't know he's going to show up at that BKFC show. Uh, but boy, the, the promotion got a lot out of that. Got a lot of about as much out of that kind of cameo appearance as you could. I mean, look at MMAfighting.com. We've wrote like five articles about it. Uh, and uh, some sad news as well, I do want to say, again, uh, speaking of condolences, condolences to the family of former UFC fighter Felipe Colares, who uh, died in Brazil. Uh, we found that out yesterday, first reported by Combache and uh, Jeremy Cruz is on and making some calls and confirming it. Very sad. He was, he was struck by a bus on his way to training. And um, Felipe was only 29 years old. He had fought just two months ago. He has made his debut for uh, Francis Aries promotion. He won by submission. And also in the story, we find out he had, uh, he became a father, I believe, 11 months ago. So a terribly sad story. And uh, hopefully him and his family and his loved ones are doing okay. But uh, just uh, really just the worst possible news. And also, uh, on a, on a, also on a sad note, we learned uh, Brian Kelleher, who was supposed to fight on Saturday, was not permitted to fight. He's released some sort of tweets, some messages saying, you know, He's got to re-examine some things about career. There may be some injury issues. Um, I think Brian is 37, I want to say. Sorry, Brian, if I'm aging you. Uh, boom, boom. Big, big friend of MMA fighting. 36. Brian's 36. Turns, he'll turn 37 later this year. And uh, hopefully everything's all right. He did not say he's, like, retired, retired. But it looks like he's going to have to take a break. And uh, hopefully he gets his health straight. Uh, and whether that means he fights again or not doesn't really matter. It's not important right now. Uh, hopefully the dude's just doing okay. And uh, we had Francis Ngannou updates. We got we've got one championship saying now that they're out of the Francis Ngannou sweepstakes. A lot of people have some theories about why that may have happened. So uh, let's get to the calls right away. Tristan, I saw you first, uh, my friend. What do you what do you uh, want to talk to about us on this fine day? There's so much to discuss. Uh, AK, can you hear me? I hear you. What's up? Hey, um, I just uh, man, that was sad news to hear. Um, man, it was rough about that. So about just just rough. Um, I'm going to talk in regards to um, Kamara Usman. Um, I saw him, I guess, speaking to Brad Okamoto on ESPN MMA uh, on their site. Um, and you know, he's called out uh, Hamza Shamayev, hopefully having that fight. Or I think he also mentioned a couple of um, other contenders in the welterweight division. But um, do you think? Kamar Usman is pushing himself too too thin here. Like we all know, Father Time is undefeated. I'm not saying he should retire, but you know, because he just has that very competitive nature. Um, he wants to continue to keep fighting. He wants to get in there. I think the words that he said was um, falling in love with MMA again. He feels like he could get the Leon Edwards fight for the fourth time because he feels like he's still better than him. Um, you know, I think his last fight, a lot of people felt like Kamara didn't look right. He didn't look the same. I think he was probably dealing with some injuries. But you, do you think that he's pushing himself to – like the mind is sharp, but the body is what is the problem. You know, he's still dealing with those knees. Do you just feel like you got to be aware and know when it's time to be like, you know, that's it. My body can't take it anymore or – I, I just I'm I'm wondering if he's pushing himself way too far. I mean, maybe maybe he could just prove me wrong and says like, I can still do this at 36, 37, 38 years old. I mean, 
if I was him, I would have probably retired after, I guess, the second time he beat Kobe Covington. I probably would have called it a career. But, um, you know, he feels that he could still do this at a very high level, which he probably can. But, I mean, I always, I always feel like the time to retire is like 34, 35, and then, call, and then that's it because you push your body as far as it can. So just your thought process on that in general of, of, in your opinion, when fighters should, you know, time to step away, you know, fighting at a high level. Thanks, AK. Great. Thanks, Tristan. Yeah, uh, Kamara is an interesting case because, okay, so we see him lose these two fights to, to Leon. The first fight, he's winning. He, he's clearly on his way to a decision and defending his title. If he wins that fight by decision, we're not even discussing. I mean, we're discussing this retirement talk because, as Tristan mentioned, he's up there in age. Of course, retirement could always be two, three fights away. But this certainly accelerated the talk. He eats that head kick and then gets the rematch. I believe he's still favored in the rematch uh, and then loses the decision. I thought it was a pretty solid win for Leon. Um, it was a majority call. Not to, say that, not to say that Kamara fought poorly at all. And again, that's another reason why if you're Kamara, you're like, I'm not out of this. I was winning the first fight. The second fight was competitive. Maybe he lost, sure. It was competitive. It was a competitive fight. If you can, he can, he looks at the welterweight roster. He can beat like, I don't know how many guys are on the roster now. Something like 50, 60, maybe welterweights. He could probably beat 45 of them pretty convincingly still. I mean, I know there's a lot of up-and-comers. I know the fight game is unforgiving. Who knows? Maybe if he, if, uh, you know, six months from now, he fought like Jack Della Maddalena. Maybe they're at the point of their careers where Jack Della Maddalena blows out Kamara Usman. I, I don't think so. I think if they fought anytime soon, Kamara would be a pretty heavy favorite. So that's in his mind, is, is, is I'm not out of it. You know, he said he wants to fight Kamzat. That's where his confidence is right now. This, this boogeyman in the division, he feels pretty confident he could fight him and eventually work his way back to it under the shot at Leon. And it's hard, it's hard to beat that mentality. Sure, he's, he's got a lot of years in the game now. He's, this is his 11th year of uh, MMA competition. He is 35. He's had some hard fights, too. It's not like he was... It's not like he's, he's dominated all these fights, the, the two Covington fights... That's going to take a lot out of your life. I mean, those were hard, hard, hard fights. Covington brought hell to Kamar Usman. Uh, and, and, but, but when you're at the top of the game, and, and you talk about in general, not just Kamara, but I think fighters and also in, in sports, you only get to ply your trade at the highest level for a brief amount of time, for this window you have. And then once it's over, it's over. Sometimes you can come back, you know, but it, generally in any sport, I, I always think about, for example, I don't know, Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant, Kobe near the end of his career. He wasn't that great. He was getting injured a lot. He could still play. I mean, he scored like 60 points in the last game, but he played zero defense injuries were costing him time. And I heard a lot. There's a lot of people saying, man, why doesn't this guy just like hang it up? And it's like, sure, he's not the guy he used to be. He can't play as often as he used to be. But you only imagine something you love. Not talking about sports, so, so any, any activity you love. And you only get to do it at the highest level for this window. And once you close that window, it's nearly impossible to open it again. So if you're Kamaro, that's something you have to consider. When I decide to walk away from the UFC, again, combat sports is crazy. He could go to, I don't know, bare knuckle. He could go to boxing. I'm sure that's something he'd want to do. He could go do, he could become an influencer boxer. I don't know. He has options. That's the wacky and fun thing about combat sports. But as far as competing in the UFC at the championship level, this thing that pushes, that pushed him to be, the pound-for-pound pound best fighter in the world, briefly. Once you say, I'm done with that, it's it's a hard thing to deal with. And again, we say he's 35. Okay, so he's old in fight years. 
then he has the rest of his life with, you know, to, to fill his time. And then we found with a lot of pro athletes, they struggle. They struggle with that. And uh, we'll see how this generation of fighters do um, who have made a good amount of money, but not like life changing money. Uh, so I understand him not wanting to retire. It wouldn't surprise me if Kamaru sticks around for another couple of years in the UFC. It wouldn't surprise me if by the end of 2023, he said, uh, oh, I'm done. You know, he gets another fight. Maybe he fights Hamza. Maybe he loses that fight and says, okay, this is it. I don't want to go back in the pecking order. I don't want to fight my way back. You know, I want top, you know, top 15 guys, top 10 guys. This is it. I'm going to go pursue other things. May I go box, whatever. So uh, my money would be on, he does get uh, at least one more big fight in the UFC and win or lose. I mean, no, I shouldn't say win or lose. It dramatically changes. Uh, depending on whether he wins. If he beats Hamzat, you see him stick around for a while. If he loses to Hamzat, again, end of the year could be the uh, the end of Kamar Usman in the UFC. But he's a, he's still a great fighter. He's still a great fighter. So it doesn't surprise me. He's hanging on. Uh, sorry, I was, guys, I know uh, I'm trying to get to all these requests. JD Felt, I know you were second in. So JD, let's get to you. I see you, Four Corner Sports. I see you, Oswalia. I see you, Yaya, just popping in. But JD, would love to hear uh, what you want to talk about today, if I can, uh, if I can get you on the line here. Good to hear you. What's up, JD? What is up, JD? Same to you. Same to you. Oh heck yeah! Hope it's as beautiful weather up in the uh, up and up north as it is down here in the south. Um, anyway, oh. got a couple things for you, good buddy. Please. All right. So uh, people were saying when uh, Alex Pereira won the belt that it made middleweight more interesting again. With Izzy back at the helm. Is it less interesting? Is it more interesting? Is it just maintaining? Thoughts on that? And then I'd love to hear your thoughts on the main and co-main event that we have coming up this week. Uh, sorry, this weekend. Uh, personally, I got Aljo. Um, I kind of think he may smoke Cejudo. Um, something just tell me about it. And then I got Bilal. Uh, I think that Bilal's analytical mind and the way that he approached that Sean Brady fight, I I think Gilbert Burns has another thing coming for him. But anyway, man, great to hear from you. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take everything off the air. You're the best, man. Awesome. Thank you, J.D. Have a great week. Uh, yeah, Izzy being in the top, boy, that's a tough question because the fight was so exciting. It sounds it sounds like unfair to say, like, well, we had, we had this awesome moment which is probably go down as one of the best moments of the year maybe the best knockout of the year i mean a lot of a lot of months to go a lot of time to come but uh given the stakes given the history between the two given the execution the celebration i i don't know that's the front runner for knockout of the year it's gonna be very difficult to top uh but yeah we do have to ask what does this mean for the division because now we find ourselves in the situation where we were before before the Padetta fight happened because with respect to Poetan, that fight really only happens because some great um, matchmaking work by the UFC. You know, bringing in this guy who they know had a history with Adesanya and said, "Let's match him up the right way and let's build him up. Let's keep let's and let's get people talking organically about him." And of course, that clip had been you know was well known before of him knocking out Izzy in kickboxing before they were sort of on a trajectory to fight in the UFC. And then as Pereira kept winning fights, it just got it came back, came back, came back, came more viral. Awesome promotional work by the UFC there. Um, and when he won, it, it did seem to make things more interesting. And you had the rest of the division licking their chops. Really, anyone with any uh, any semblance of wrestling was thinking, I'm going to get in there and take this guy down. Robert Whitaker probably thought he had a very good shot of beating Panetta, but now we don't. it looks like that fight definitely is never going to happen. 
So now we have Izzy at the top, and Izzy has beaten a lot of the the guys already. He's fought Marvin Vittori twice, once for the title. I don't see that happening anytime soon. The Jared Kennear fight, completely forgettable. Whitaker is in play if he beats uh, Drickus Duplessis. Your mileage may vary on like how smart it was to make that matchup happen. I know people want to see a fresh challenger. DDP made a lot of sense. There's a lot of heat there. Listen, maybe he beats Robert Whitaker. Uh, Paulo Costa, we don't know what's going on with him. I'd still like to see him fight Izzy again someday. But again, I've already mentioned several rematches. Uh, it's it's hard. I, it is It is worse in a way. It is worse in a way for the division because you always want a fresh run of challengers. And again, it looks like we could be headed towards Whitaker and Izzy 3 or Izzy having to kind of do what uh, um, Anderson Silva did and like jump up to 205 for the odd fight here or there. But it doesn't feel like the right time for that. It just feels like we're doing that because he doesn't have other options. And if you're going to make a move like that, that's probably not the best motivation for it. So again, I don't want to downplay that moment. It was so cool to see Izzy get his revenge. And I wish really the best thing would have been for if Pereira had decided to stick around and we'd gotten the MMA trilogy bout. But uh, Pereira has other goals now, 205. So uh, yes, we do have to settle with middleweight, kind of becoming middleweighty again. And uh, hoping one of these one of these up and comers maybe makes a more of an immediate impact. Let's go to I want to go uh, mostly in order here. Sorry guys, because I know Abswalia, you've been waiting a while. Abswalia, come on down. Yeah, yeah, four corner sports. I see you. I hope you guys can stick around. Let's see if we can uh, get some more questions in here. Hi, can you hear me? Hi, Hi Abswalia. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll just got a a few questions. Two are for MMA, one just for relaying basketball. I'll keep it short and quick. So, um, just regarding the uh, Josh Emmett and um, Ela fight, we know that's happening in June. Uh, what's really at stake for Josh Emmett? Because if obviously if he wins, we know he'll retain the spot. But if he loses, is there a possibility we could see him retire? Maybe he'll just remain the gatekeeper who could win fights here and there. Um, and then also just regarding um, Jamal Hill. Any update on when we will see him fight soon? Because I know there was rumors that was recently saying he could headline the Utah Jazz card in July or maybe August. And my final question is, do you see um, uh, Denver Nuggets sweeping the Suns and could Philadelphia possibly beat the Celtics this time? That's all I have, man. Have a good day. Thanks, Oswaldi. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get to all those in one second. I just realized I forgot to answer the uh, second part of that last question. But I'm sure we'll talk. Listen, you'll hear me talking about it a lot more this week. I believe I'll be on the preview show. If not, I'll probably pop in heck of a morning. You'll hear my prediction or you'll at least read it on MMAfighting.com. Don't read my predictions for UFC Vegas 72 anyway, by the way. Possibly my worst set of predictions ever. Easily the worst of the year. Uh, but I'll say quickly, I'm leaning towards Aljo. There was that stat, if you remember before the Dillashaw fight, uh, that Shaheen Al-Shadi kind of threw out there. That, it was an age thing. It was like no one in the lighter weight classes, I think it was like 155 or under, uh, within a certain age. Uh, let me see how old, old Cejudo is now. Cejudo is 36. I think he's right at the limit. So lightweight, featherweight, bantamweight, flyweight. It's generally a younger man's game. Cejudo's such a unique case because he took this time off, and that's probably good for him. He's probably saved himself a lot of wear and tear. Um, but also, he has a lot of wear and tear from his life before MMA. So I am going to lead 
I am going to lean towards Aljo. I've also picked against Aljo so many times, and I think I have to learn my lesson at some point. And I think, and it's nothing to do with Cejudo, by the way, like necessarily being over the hill or uh, ring, you know, quote unquote, ring rust, which some people don't, some people don't believe in. I think Aljo's just really good, and I think we've kind of always undervalued him as a fighter. Like I think the second Yan fight, he legit won. I think the Dillashaw fight, it sucks that Dillashaw was injured, but I'm pretty sure he beats Dillashaw anyway. And now this is his chance to really make a statement. So it's so intriguing because he either makes a statement or he loses to Zahudo and gets more crap than ever. So uh, I'll, I'll be happy to break that one down more. I'm sure other people will be asking about it. Uh, as well, I had to get to your questions. Uh, Josh Emmett, Ilya Toporia, the stakes for Josh Emmett. Yeah, it's... it's it's um Gosh, all this retirement talk. So Emmett is... 38, 39 uh, in a few in a few days. Looks like in two days, Josh Emmett will turn thirty nine years old. That is uh, quite up there in fight years, and he's been fighting since twenty thirteen, so he's a decade in. If he wins, it's it, I mean, listen. It's huge for his career. Tapuria is just a guy that nobody wants to fight. He looks like a future champion. If Emmett can pull off the upset here, it's big, man. It's big. He's not going to tell the shot right away. He's probably not one fight in, uh, what, a fight away from a tell shot. He probably has to beat Toporia, then beat someone else to get another crack. But the fact that they gave him that interim shot uh, at 284, that's a big vote of confidence for him. That's a bit, that, to me, was a not a, like, we're trying to get Yair over or we're just giving Emmett a shot, like, because he, he's, he's a veteran and this is closer to the end of his career. That told me that they feel like he does belong in that sort of top five um, contenders shuffle. And it's a good place to be. It might not mean they're fully behind him. It might not mean they believe that Josh Emmett can actually be the world champion. But it does mean that they won't shy away from putting him in title shots. They see him as someone who is, um, we can line him up in a pay-per-view, a co-main, a main event, whatever, wherever this, whoever he's fighting. Um, like, they would not have a problem with putting him up against Volkanovski. He, he'd be a huge underdog, but the UFC matchmakers wouldn't be like, oh, we can't match up Josh Emmett with Volkanovski. No, if he beats Toporia and then beats another top five guy, there you go. And if you're uh, Volkanovski, you finally, he's always stuck telling guys to step up. They'd be a big step up. So there's a, a lot on the line. There's a lot to be won there for him. Uh, Jamal Hill, I don't know. I'm not going to pretend I have any inside knowledge. I do expect him to uh, booking to have happen sooner rather than later, as in, um, like, we'll know before International Fight Week who he's fighting. I, I, I think we'll, we'll have that announcement. He was very smart to say, hey, bring on Pereira because dangerous fight i'm not no one should want to fight him but jamal hill we don't know what his ceiling is he looked incredible against glover Teixeira. very skilled guy uh had been projected as a potential champion and just got there a lot quicker than we expected so we uh we don't know but yeah i i would expect you'll hear before the summer um when when he'll be when he'll be booked and denver sweeping the suns i can't answer that question uh shaheen al shadi might be out there listening so uh, no, I, th- I think it might be a gentleman's sweep, like with the first round Minnesota. I don't know how the Suns win this series, to be honest. They just have no depth. Uh, maybe if they can play all their guys, 46, their starters, 46 minutes a game, but they just lost Chris Paul. It's a huge hill to climb. So I think they can get hot and win one. Um, but uh, it would shock me if this goes beyond five games. So uh, congrats to all you Nuggets fans out there. Okay, let's bring in Yaya. Yaya, I know you've been waiting for Corner Sports. I'll try and get you in next. I also see you, New York, Rick. We will get you, sir. But Yaya, uh, let's bring you in here. Alex, what's going on, man? 
What's going on, Yaya? Good, 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 man. Hey, uh, yeah, you you've been doing great hosting this, man. Just wanted to give you a shout out. Thank on you. That. Um, so I know you mentioned Kamaru earlier. Uh, I guess I was kind of confused because I thought he was. I think, or I think the UFC mentioned he was going to be moving up to to be an eighty five er now. So, like. I guess that matchup kind of confused me in terms of like how much the weight cut, how hard it would be for him. And then, you know, if that doesn't pan out, like what is the scenario if, um, you know, Leon loses to Colby and then, you know, between Bilal and, um, and uh, Dorino, basically, like if, if he, how does that whole pan out for him? I guess it just seems like there's like a log jam in terms of the path for Kamara getting another title shot. So I just, just wanted to mm-hmm. clear up on that, but appreciate you, man. Thanks, Yaya. Yeah, yeah uh, there is a bit of a log jam, but honestly, I, I've said, I, I've kind of said this. Oh, this just went out today. We did a little uh, round table primer for UFC 288, uh, Shaheen El Damon Martin, and myself. And the main topic is, oh, sorry, the second topic was, are Gilbert Burns uh, or Bilal Muhammad guaranteed anything with a win on Saturday? Keep in mind, this fight was thrown together because Charles Oliveira fell off the card. So they needed a more compelling co-main. And they put together this welterweight co-main. Great fight. Great fight, but short on somewhat short notice for both guys. It's not something they asked for. It's not something. I mean, it's a, a, certainly a fight that was always possible for both guys, but it wasn't like it's not like we all thought. Oh, Burns and Muhammad need to fight to get you know to, to be number one contender. It looked like that other option. It looked like Bilal was going to be forced to fight Shavkat. So I, maybe he dodged a bullet there. Not that fighting Gilbert Burns is easy, but I don't think either guy is guaranteed anything. That's why I think Kamaru is smart to keep his name in the one seventy mix. Um, because he has a bigger name than both those guys. He's beaten Gilbert Burns. He's really not that far away from another title shot, depending what happens. If Colby beats Leon, I mean, Usman has two wins over Colby. I, I don't necessarily feel the need to see that fight again, but how can you not make a case if you're Kamaru and you see Colby win? How can you not make a case to say, I have this guy's number. Give me another title shot. I can be champion again. And then if Leon wants to fight again, we can do another title shot with me as, with me as champion again. So... I like him. I like what he's... It, it looks muddled, but at 170, there's still veteran names that they value over uh, Gilbert and Bilal, which is so unfair because Gilbert and Bilal are also veterans. But I just don't believe that they have guaranteed either guy anything. So I don't think they're part of the equation. I think Usman is like really not that far behind. He might even be ahead of them in the pecking order. Uh, they like Kermar, and they should. He was a very active champion. Uh, he defended well. He beat a lot of big names and he's always uh, been good to the company so as for the, the 185 talk i think that's just talk again because he's fought everyone at 170 i don't like the move personally i'm sure he could be competitive there but again it strikes me as sort of what i was saying with izzy earlier he'd just be doing it to get a fresh set of opponents and because he doesn't you know if he's not getting a title shot at 170 he doesn't want to fight anyone else there besides hamzat and if he doesn't get that fight he definitely has no interest in fighting anyone else at 170 so there's just fresh matchups at 185 um but i don't like i don't know if that's his ideal weight class and i just don't I, i'm not super jazzed about it I, I, unless he could do a john jones like full 18 months off you know uh change his body and become a 185er but i don't really think he has that time in his career right now but all right uh let me get to new york rick i see you but i have to get to four corner sports waiting so patiently and we'll get to the esteemed New York Rick next. Four Corner Sports. Hey, AK. So I wanted What's to up? ask you. So I know Adesanya and her had a little bit of beef, uh, like a little IG banter. But one thing that, that stuck out to me was when 
Israel said it's uh, quality over quantity. But Israel, I feel like, is acting as if like he didn't get slept by Alex Pereira in kickboxing. They both got slept, um, both vicious knockouts. And to me, it's 1-1. I mean, might as well just, you know, do the rematch at 205. I mean, I don't know how many more fights um, Adesanya plans on having at 205. I mean, at 185, just because he is the only person, I feel like, that's completing out their prospective division. You know, no disrespect to any other champion. Um, but I just think that, you know, at some point, he's going to have to seek more other, ch- more, I guess, new challenges. And... Maybe him saying that, I don't know if it was just because he just wants to be done entirely with the rivalry, but I just think that what's it called, you know, if I'm Israel Asana or Alice Ferreira, I want to make sure that I'm going to get get the better of of and put them to sleep just so I can have that in my resume. See, I, I put you to sleep not on one um, occasion, but on two other occasions. And lastly, I want to ask you, I know the main event is Aljo versus Cejudo. I'm kind of being the who you want, who you think is going to be the winner, but who like what's a sleeper fight? Because I don't know. I mean, Bryce Mitchell versus uh, Masver Aloyev, that's a great fight. But like, what's one fight on the main card that you would tell fans that don't really watch MMA to like look at? And what's one fight on the prelims you would tell them to look at? All right, thanks, AK. Uh, thanks for corner sports. All right, yeah, uh, yeah, two eighty eight sleeper. I, I wish I had uh, – I, I haven't quite dug into taking my notes on this card. And there's a lot more uh, unknown names than I remembered when I first looked at the card. So I'll have to dig into that in a bit. But I'll, I will answer that. As for Izzy's sort of calling game on the Pereira feud, uh, listen, he's picked the right business to do this in. Because MMA – sports, sure, overall. But I'd say MMA is one of the most what-have-you-done-for-me-lately uh, forms of sports entertainment. If you win the latest fight, you get to say whatever you want. You know, we always say winners write the history. And uh, Pereira, uh, excuse me, Adesanya won the latest chapter. So he gets to write that chapter. By no means has he definitively won the series. Uh, sure, he could argue he has the best moment. He could argue that. I, I don't know. I thought uh, Pereira's knockouts of him were also quite fantastic and memorable. But if you're Izzy, this is the narrative you want to push. Because either in the chance that you do have to fight him again, or there's a chance you never fight him again, and then because Pereira's moving up, and you maybe he, uh, Izzy doesn't want to move up to a five and and do that fight up there, then then you want to say you don't want to leave any questions. Um, Izzy is pretty good at marketing himself. He says a lot of stuff. Some of it hits, some of it misses. But when you are when you're talking about again a fight you may that may never happen again, you just say it's done, it's over. I won. What do you guys mean? I won it. I I, I won the I won the best way. I won the latest one. Uh, you know, he can argue, I have the better resume in MMA. I don't need to prove anything. I was doing very well in the first fight. So it's totally expected that he would do this this way. Uh, I have no issue with it, but I, I don't agree with it. And I don't think everyone has to accept this narrative just because, as he says, the feud is over. Uh, it's over because it's not going to happen again. It's not over because he cleared Alex Pereira in such a way that there's no doubt who the better fighter is. I think if you match them up, 10 times you're going to get a mix of wins six four seven three anything but no guy is he's not beating like Pereira 10 out of 10 times that's just not a thing so um good for him for pushing that narrative but it's i mean it's just not true and ufc 288 sleeper uh again i, I talked about i did this wrote this in the round table i love it's 
shouldn't even be a sleeper. Jessica Andrade returning to Strawway to fight Yan Xiaonan. This could give us our next title uh, challenger because where is Rose Namajunas? I mean, that fight with Zhang Weili is there. I think if she wants it, we just don't know where she is. Again, that's her business. She, if she's recovering, just loving life, not fighting. <laughs> More power to her. I'm not judging that. But I would like to see the winner of this uh, get that title shot. Jessica Andrade, her first fight with Zhang Weili, so few people saw it. It was in the middle of the night because it happened in China. Um, and I would love to see either Andrade avenge that loss or Zhang get to have that another moment and, and maybe beat Andrade again and really show people. And Yan Xiaonan's a sleeper. If you want to talk sleeper, she's a great fighter and she's in usually in pretty exciting fights at Strawweight. 115 is, I've been telling people, it's underrated for bangers, man. I don't think people talk enough about the Strawweight division, how good some of these matches have been and how competitive the fights are. It's got a good title scene too, I think. Um, so I love Strawweight. I love that fight. It probably doesn't even qualify as a sleeper. It's like the third fight from the top. But prelims, Man, listen, Drew Dober and Matt Frivola. If we're doing the all, if we're doing the all violence award, Drew Dober might have been the the one of the, the you know the the, the winner of twenty twenty two. I mean, the guy every fight he was in was exciting. Whether he was you know uh, uh, dominating, whether he was getting clowned before landing some big ass shot, he was so entertaining. He made my top five list of fighters of the year, and probably like based on level of competition and accomplishment, like I probably there's more deserving people, but I didn't enjoy watching any fighter more in 2022 or very few people than, than Drew Dober. And I expect him to, uh, to pick right up where he left off with Matt Favola because uh, that's a, that's just a great matchup. Amazing matchmaking. So love that matchup guys. You've waited long enough. Let's bring in New York, Rick. The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. New York, Rick, what do you what do you have for us, good sir? Good morning, Alex. I just want to say <clears throat> you've done uh, a hell of a job um, filling for my tech. So thank you for uh, your hard work over the last couple of weeks. Um, yesterday, we seem to be in alignment um, that Nate Landwehr would be the best uh, port from UFC over to BKFC um, outside of Nate, who would you like to see in a bare knuckle boxing fight? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks Rick. Uh, people don't know uh, this in, in the, I tweeted it right after, but first I had to say it on Slack because uh, just sort of offhandedly during a conversation on the MMA hour, they they were sort of suggest they were talking about how BKFC is it's not about like 
like being a good BKFC, BKFC fighter, it's not just about like, oh, you're the best boxer, the best fighter, most skilled guy. There's a mentality and there's an attitude and like a toughness you have to have uh, to be in there. And just off the top of his head, New York Rick just goes like, ah, oh, who's like, who would be a good UFC fighter? Who should make the jump to BKFC? And Nate Landwer. I don't know if New York Rick, I don't know if you've been thinking about that for a long time, but as soon as you said it, I started just shaking uncontrollably. People know me. I love me some Nate Landwehr, uh, the, the the human embodiment of Tennessee, Nate the Train, uh, amazing fighter. And just now you said it, and I'm like, he is wasting his time in the UFC because he's a good fighter. You know, he likes he's 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 has uh, well round. He's not just a brawler, but he should be just throwing down no gloves with other human beings who have no good sense. Like that is. God, that is just the dream. Uh, I just mentioned Drew Dober, of course, listen, would be an amazing uh, BKFC competitor. Yes, he's a super handsome man. I don't know if you'll want to see him get rock-holded. Uh, that, those, uh, those post-fight images and video of rock-hold after, boy, that's, uh, that's going to... He, he won't be taking any modeling gigs for, for a few months. Let me, let's put it that way. He's going to need some... He might need some caps on those teeth, my God. Um, so people who love Drew Dober, the Mega Chad, I, I don't know if you want to see him in that environment, but he would be sick. And then, uh, just as someone else who I already mentioned, when we did our recent MMA fantasy draft, Jed Mishu had the number one. Um, he was he was he was put as the sort of fantasy general manager of BKFC. He made some great picks. You go Conor McGregor number one. Obviously, him making that pick may have manifested McGregor appearing at BKFC forty one. I don't know. It was actually kind of freaky when it happened. Uh, and then later down the road, I stole. The Alex Pereira pick from I, I took Alex Pereira for Bellator. I was I'm the Bellator boss, and I took Alex Pereira for Bellator. And I think I was I was if it had gone back to Jed, he was going to select uh, Alex Pereira. Can you imagine Alex Pereira with no gloves of any sort on, just bashing people's brains in? No gloves on, no fear of takedowns. I know some people are thinking, you know, he's a kickboxer, right? He's been doing that. I get it. I get it. But I'm saying no kicks, no kicks. And again, no gloves, no, really no protection whatsoever besides wraps. And just going in there and slugging it with people, heavyweight, light heavyweight, I don't know, whatever, whatever weight classes they have, catch weights. I don't even care if he fights another big name. Throw him in there with, with uh, you know, the meanest dude you can find in Biloxi, Mississippi. I don't know if, if any of these fights could be sanctioned because Alex Pettit is just scary as hell. But if him and Bare Knuckle... I'm almost sad now. Nate Landwehr and him, if they don't do bare knuckle at some point, I would be like a little sad. And I won't believe that we're living in the best of all possible worlds if that doesn't happen. Uh, apologies to uh, some of the guys. I mean, sorry, uh, King Cat and Natural Grappler, if you're out there, I hope you're listening and I hope you can come back uh, either later in the show or come back from Mike later this week. But I do see Terrence Lavrette, our old friend. Let's bring you in, Terrence. Terrence, what is going on, sir? Hey, um, how you doing, AK? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing great. Did you like my? You should make an article with the name that I gave the show. You just make an article, Morning Tea with AK Lee, uh, where you just gossip and stuff like that all day. There's been a lot of great suggestions, <laughs> but it's Leah sticking with it. Nope. Yeah, I think, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, Paul Craig announced that he's going to 185. Uh, oh, yes. So, what's your thoughts on that? What interesting matchups do you think um, could happen? I actually think he can do one good rather at 185, being that he's great at jiu-jitsu and he's great in the chaos and all that. Um, and then the other one that I had was 
there is Tom Gracie come back this weekend. Um, is this like win or bust like for him? Like I know last time like his um people were giving him a hard time because he didn't use jujitsu in that matchup. Um, but do you think that's pretty much what he's gonna be doing, like looking for submissions and just getting it over with the Gracie way? Um, that's all I got for you, AK. Thank you. I hope you have a good day. Thanks, Terrence. Yeah, uh, I, I would certainly hope so. Um, uh, Corona, the Cub Swanson fight, yeah, it was a little bit befuddling. But let's give Cub Swanson credit. I think he's a difficult guy to take down. I, the, the fight is a little blurry in my mind. I do remember uh, Cub just pummeling him on the feet. I don't remember how much Crone actually tried to take the fight to the ground. But, you know, sometimes those things are easier said than done. So that, that's why this is MMA and not, you know, not just combat grappling or jujitsu is you're facing guys who are trained and have this ability to, to stifle your style. And Cub Swanson has seen it all. So um, could he be in more, uh, you know, focused on getting takedown? Sure. Uh, would that possibly have uh, expedited his demise? Uh, it's possible that as well. Uh, same with uh, Charles Rodin. Charles Rodin is, is pretty well-rounded. This is the, uh, the Canadian, young Canadian man. He's fighting on Saturday. And, of course, you imagine his campus, nothing but sprawl training, get-ups, uh, anything to uh, um, create stalemates on the ground, just anything to survive should the fight go to the ground. But I would hope that Crone is, yes, newly motivated to just show off that Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. But I'm more intrigued by, like, the first part of your question, is this sort of a do-or-die fight for him? Um, the modern Gracies in MMA, I'm trying to be, I don't want to sound mean here. They're a little um, fanciful. They're a little uh, when once sort of things don't go as they had hoped, you don't see them necessary, necessarily compete for that much longer. It's like it'll be two losses and then it's like they're just done with MMA. A lot, a lot of them have options outside of outside of MMA, right? So it's 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 somewhat understandable um, that some of these guys might not, you know, they don't need, I don't need to keep getting to the cage and getting my brain bashed in. You know, I have other options. I, I'm part of this illustrious family. I've, I've, I've assumed the Gracie family has other sources of revenue. Um, you know, they're all going to piece that pie, the, the famed Gracie training um, program. Right. So uh, I'm, I'm looking at, let's, I'm looking here at uh, Hollis Gracie. So there's Hollis Gracie. He fought for one championship. Remember him. Um, and he did well. And then he loses a few fights, losing KSW world series of fighting. This is back in 2015. Uh, oh, this is the guy who lost to Troy Beltran. Um, I'm trying to remember the gentleman who actually won. Who's who was the Grace who actually won a title? I'm I'm struggling to remember. Um, bear with me here, guys. But but my point stands that um, I don't want to say that if Crone loses on Saturday and if it's like a disappointing performance again, let's say he just a lopsided another lopsided decision, or God forbid gets knocked out. I don't want to say that he'll necessarily retire, but I would be very surprised. If he doesn't say, I'm good, I, I did the MMA thing, um, I beat a few people, I showed uh, the power of Grace Jiu-Jitsu briefly, and I'm good. I'm going to go back to grappling. It's just not, there just hasn't been a Gracie who's really just gutted it out and stuck around and had a normal MMA career. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Crone's uh, 34, it turns 35 in July, so again... Um, can he make just? Can he make more money elsewhere? Uh, probably or comparable. I just don't know how much it makes sense for him to, to keep getting punched in the head. A lot of these Gracies dream of becoming MMA world champions. Again, I, I apologize. I remember the one who who did win for one championship. Um, but once the once the results sort of start going against them, 
they have a lot of reasons to not continue. And that just happens. That's just happened a lot. So um, hopefully he gets a win. And Paul Craig at 185. I love it. I don't think he's like a massive light heavyweight. He is tall. That always worries me. He is tall. And like, it doesn't look like he had that much weight to cut. I didn't see him at 205 and think, um, oh, yeah, this is a guy who like, uh, you know, if, if he sh- if he sheds some, sh- some extra poundage, could look really like swollen, and svelte at 185. Um, but we talked about it earlier. The division's kind of wide open as far as needing new challengers. And if you're a Paul Craig and you can bring the same exciting style that you had at 205, he's a fight finisher. Listen, the UFC loves fight finishers. Uh, if he gets the right matchups, finishes two, three people. I say three, three wins away with at least two of those fights being finishes. There's a chance he's up there. He gets up there to to face whoever is the middleweight champion. Um, by the time uh, he you know he gets a number one contender spot, it might be Izzy. But three fights. I just said three fights. That's a long time from now. We don't know where Izzy's going to be. We don't know where the division is going to be. Um, but I like the move. Um, kind of like what I said for Kamaro. Is this his ideal weight class? I don't know. It's hard to say. Uh, but if he can make the weight comfortably, I don't see why he can't compete, or at the very least, become a middleweighty middleweight. Uh, maybe that is his fate. Uh, so we'll see. Middleweight does strange things to people, guys. Middleweight does strange things to people. Mike Heck, I see you, but I do want to bring in King Cat. I did ask King Cat. I'm big timing my best friend now. I apologize. But King Cat, I know you've been waiting a long time. Uh, please, King Cat, I would love to hear you chime in. And, uh, and... Um, great Hello. time hosting the show. Um, <clears throat> so I, I jumped off because you kind of answered my question, but now I have an addition to it because uh, I was going to ask if you thought that, <clears throat> excuse me, the winner of Jan and uh, Jessica Andrade would get the title shot. Um, and you answered that. But I guess my other question now is, you know, what do you do with Lamoche? Um, you know, she's ranked technically higher than them, even though Jessica has a win over her. Um, do you wait, you know, for Rose to come back? Or what do you think happens with her? Because I, I agree with you. I do think the winner of uh, Saturday's fight gets the title shot. And that kind of leaves Lamoche just kind of, you know, without an opponent. So what do you think happens with her? Thanks. Thanks, King. Thank you. Yeah, great question. Yeah, I I, uh, I should have mentioned Lamosh before. Um, yeah, she listen. She's totally in play. She's totally in play. Getting beaten by uh, you know pretty soundly and memorably by Jessica Andrade, you know, submission of the year candidate, first ever start, standing arm triangle in UFC history. It's it's a blemish. It's a blemish, and it wasn't that long ago. But she did the smartest thing she could do and just got back in there. Um, I, 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 maybe she didn't have any other choice. Maybe she just, you know, wasn't that injured from the Andrade fight and is like, I'm fine. Just keep me, you know, keep me in the loop as normal. But yeah, she fights two months later in July, uh, beats a big name, Michelle Watterson. Um, listen, I, I know, uh, it feels like Michelle Watterson has been around forever. It feels like she's sort of been hanging around the top 10, you know, never quite top five, but she is one of the more well-known fighters in the division. I'd argue someone with a little bit of mainstream cachet. Um, I think she's well-liked and, and, and popular and, a company woman through and through. So uh, beating her was huge. And then poor snake bitten Marina Rodriguez. I mean, just uh, talk about someone who should have gotten a title shot, just could not, could not quite sneak into that title picture. And now finds, found herself um, getting beaten by Lamosh. So that's enormous back-to-back wins. And then uh, Angela Hill was before just gone dry. So three of your past four wins, Marina Rodriguez, Michelle Watterson, Angela Hill. That's, that's a number one contender resume, man. I mean, that is, you could easily throw her in the mix if for some reason this Andrade Yan Shaunan uh, result is unsatisfying. Um, maybe they don't... Like, if Yan wins, 
I think the ideal thing, of course, would be to try to make a fight happen in China with Zhang Weili. And if that can happen, maybe they'd want to hold off. Though I think, again, listen, you, you put that on, on a pay-per-view card, you're going you're gonna to get numbers in China anyway. But it would be cool if they could do it in their home country. Um, so maybe you hold off on that. But Lamosh, if I'm Lamosh, I hopefully don't have to fight again. But I get the feeling... Because, uh, again, I'm being optimistic about the Andrajian fight, that the winner will get the next title shot. Uh, Lamosh does have to fight again. I think Lamosh does have to have to uh, take one more tough title shot. Uh, title, excuse me. One more contender fight. Who is she going to have to fight? Let me do a little on-the-spot odds-knowing here. Uh, who's in play for it? Because, she's again, what, she already beat... In a perfect world, listen, you'd make Rose have to come back and fight someone, and it would be Lamosh. Um, but I feel like, I still feel like Rose has enough cachet to stroll back into a tell shot, but I'll say that I'll say there's an outside shot. Lamosh, um, Lamosh gets a Rose fight and then the winner of that gets the next after, um, Andrade or Jan fights Shang. So great question. All right, Mike. All right. All right. You're on vacation. You're on vacation. What do you do? My best friend. I always love to hear from you, but, uh, you are on vacation. I hate to trouble you. Uh, I hope we have. Hello, Mike. Oh, my best friend. How are oh, you? So great to hear. So great to hear from you. I'm great. Yes, I'm glad you big time me. King Cat is a great caller, and that was a great question. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I feel like Lemos might have to pass the Tatiana Suarez test if she doesn't get the title shot. Ooh, so harsh. that's kind of a tough, tough road to take. Um, but I want to ask you about this, AK, because obviously the last several days, even most of last week. Uh, we it was it became MMA fighting. We we're MMA fighting, but it was like BKFC fighting for a lot of it because it obviously stole the headlines and the bare knuckle sport. Obviously, got a got a big boost. And this Friday, Mazadal is putting on a bare knuckle MMA card in Florida. It's the first one ever sanctioned in Florida. And one of the things we talked about the Gamebred Boxing card was great concept, but the timing of it was just awful with the final four and some of the other events that were going on. It was just a really tough weekend to put on a card like that this weekend. Yeah. We got UFC 288, but it's on Saturday. One is on Friday. And what Mazadal is doing this time around is they're airing the card for free on YouTube and on Facebook. So you don't have to pay the $50 price tag to watch it or anything like that. So I'm wondering, do you feel like with the momentum that this last BKFC card got, do you feel like the timing is good for this card? Or do you feel like because one is making their U.S. debut and there's so much going on this weekend that it's kind of going to be tougher for people to tune in with so much going on? I will hang up and listen, my best friend. You're doing an incredible job. And I miss you like crazy. And I'm excited to get back after it tomorrow. Thank you, my best friend, Mike. I miss you, too. And the people miss you. The people miss you. They want, they want, they want their Mike Heck back. Uh, it's been awesome to do the show. It's been awesome to do the show, uh, but it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Like, man, Mike is always in the. This is one thing Mike does, and I'm, I'm, I've been stressing about it for like a week, uh, enjoying it thoroughly, but stressing about it. Mike is the best. Yeah, I don't listen. I don't know if uh, Masvidal's a little snake bitten with the timing of these things. Because, like we said, that the last boxing event apparently like didn't. I don't know. Maybe didn't pan out as they hoped, and now you have this uh, bare knuckle MMA event. I think, did we even mention, I think we have Canelo this weekend too, right? Um, Canelo Alvarez, I believe, is fighting this uh, Saturday as well. This is a busy weekend, man. This is, yeah, he's fighting uh, in uh, John Ryder, uh, super middleweight 
uh, all, all his belts, title defense, on Saturday. So I love that Masvidal's event will be free. So listen, we'll give a little promotion here, guys. This is, and this is on Friday. The Canelo fight's on Saturday. UFC Saturday. All this stuff's on Saturday. Uh, the uh, Game Bread Fighting Championship for Nelson versus Kleckler live from FLA Live Arena in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Uh, will be free. Will be free as... Um, as Mike just mentioned, 7 p.m. start time, I want to say. So I'm, I'm pushing as much as I can because, listen, if every the more all these promotions do well, the more options we have as fans, the more options fighters have, it's good stuff. Headlined by Roy Nelson and Dylan Kleckler and uh, co-main, uh, former, I shouldn't say former, uh, whatever year he won, PFL uh, champion Emiliano Sordi facing former UFC fighter Marcus Perez. Sean Soriano's in the card. I'm just looking at Excuse me, I'm just looking it over now. Anthony Enjo Kowani's on there? Okay, this is cool. Charles Crazy Horse Bennett. Oh, my Lord. How did I not know that that was happening? Jed, where are you? Jed, we got to talk about this. Uh, Jed, we have a Charles, we have a Crazy Horse sighting. So this is a cool card. Uh, it's, I don't, I don't know, honestly, if there's any, if it benefits at all from uh, the huge BKFC event that just happened. I want to say, like, in a perfect world, that's the way it would go, right? You have all these people tuning in to BKFC 41. They go like, man, I want more of this bare knuckle action. I want to see more. And then you just, you know, you do a quick Google. Oh, bare knuckle. What's the next bare knuckle thing that's coming up? Less than a week later, six days later. Game. I know Jorge Masvidal. I remember Roy Nelson from the Ultimate Fighter in the UFC. He's the the hard-hitting fat guy with the great grappling. Listen, he calls himself fat. I'm allowed to say that. He came out to fat by Weird Al. I'm allowed to say this. this is part of his brand, I feel. Uh, he's still beautiful in his own way, by the way. I'm not making any judgments. But yeah, you've got name value here. You've got, again, sort of the novel idea of bare-knuckle MMA. Um, but I just feel like... I think that BKFC event was so strong. It's going to, if anything, overshadow this. I feel like we're still... I feel like as of this weekend, we might still be talking about some of the implications, especially with, uh, again... Great job by BKFC, uh, David Feldman, to get himself and uh, a lot of his fighters onto, you know, making sure they appeared on the MMA Hour. Great job by Ariel to get them on there because it felt like a big deal on Saturday and it still feels like a big deal. Like the storylines coming out of it. Conor McGregor, what's he going to do? Uh, Mike Perry, free agent. Presumably they're going to re-sign him. Uh, Eddie Alvarez looks fantastic. We're not talking about Eddie a lot. What's next for Eddie? Eddie's going to have a great fight. Uh, can we get Darren Till to fight Mike Perry? Uh, David Feldman dropped a bomb saying, listen, they're going to expect to have a TV deal. So if we're talking bare knuckle this week, we're still talking BKFC 41. Maybe again, it's Tuesday. Uh, the news cycle was fast. Maybe by the time Mike comes back and hosts Heck of a Morning, you guys will all be talking about asking questions about Game Bread Fighting 4. But again, there's the UFC. There's one championship. There's Canelo. It's a rough spot. It's a rough spot for Game Bread. But guys, if you're out there and you want to support different forms of combat sports and support these fighters, again, that is free. Friday, uh, 7 p.m. So uh, check out check out where you can. We can I, hopefully, I, I don't know if it's on YouTube or whatever. Maybe we can uh, host. I don't know if we're hosting the stream of May Fighting, but keep an eye out for that, guys. Um, support support different combat sports, but it's a it's a tough go. It's a there might be some bad luck here for for uh, Masvidal and uh, Game Bread promotions again. But thanks for that question, Mike. And then uh, Crying Belly, Crying Belly, and I see you, Pain Pain MMA. We'll try and get you in next. Crying Belly. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, Crying, you are on. You are muted. Oh, there you go. 
I think we have you. We'll see if we can get you on. It's possible I might have caught you uh, caught you in the middle of a drive, middle of a meeting. I don't know. Maybe you're having lunch somewhere. Crying, are you there? All right. No worries, crying. Try and get back in. I'm going to bring in pain MMA, but crying, I see you. We will try and get you back in. But I'm going to go to... Oh, I lost. Well, I lost. I lost. Uh, Pain MMA. All right, guys. So, uh, call in now. The line. The line is now clear. Hopefully, we can get Pain MMA, or uh, we can get crying back in here. But uh, glad to see so many people listening. I'll hang around anyway for another ten minutes or so. Like I said, there's a lot to talk about. Surprise! No Francis and Ganu questions. So I guess I'll prompt myself here. Uh, I'm going to repeat a lot of the talking points that we had in the MMA hour because New York Rick and Ariel and and. Uh, GC, we're on points. Okay, I'll get back to that. Crying, let me try to get back in here. Otherwise, YVMZ, I do see you. Crying, let's see if we can get you in. Crying, you are on. Hey, hey, can you hear me now? Hey, there we go. Yeah, what is up? Hey, quick, I just wanted to ask. uh, I liked how you pointed out the Israel Adesanya comment earlier. I I totally agree Mm. with what you're saying. I've never heard anybody really explain it that way. So I feel like hmm. if, if Izzy, you know, it's just like it's beating the dead horse at this point. You know, like if, if they fight again, like what's 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 good going to do for that? You know what I mean? Because regardless of how you feel, how the record is in MMA, uh, it's 3-1. You know what I mean? So also I wanted to ask you um, uh, about earlier in the show, I think you uh, said that you were going to talk about uh, how you felt about Francis Ngannou and what was going on with um, – with why nobody can really get a deal done with him. So I was just going to uh, see if you can uh, just give us your thoughts on that. I'd like to hear that. Thanks. Thanks, Brian. Perfect timing. Yeah, exactly. I, I just wanted to get into that. So perfect timing. Thank you for the call. Um, as I said, they covered it beautifully at the beginning of uh, the MMA Hour. I'm sure a lot of you guys watched that. If you haven't, go check. It's within the first you know, 10, 15 minutes. Sort of one of the first important topics of the day is what what is going on with Francis. Because we just had one uh, boss Chachri Sichadong say, uh, you know, reveal that statement like, yeah, listen, we had a meeting with Francis, but we didn't really give a final offer. We kind of realized we weren't going to end up on the same page. Was not a financial thing. We're just not in alignment. We're not in alignment. Very interesting um, PR speak there. And I, and, I, and I believe that, too. There's two sides of the story, but I believe that. I don't think it's necessarily a monetary thing. We know that Francis, when he was negotiating with the UFC, was asking for things beyond just money, right? It was, it was you know, uh, some, you know, some vague uh, power at the negotiating table. It was a little hard to pin down what he meant there. But he was very clear that he wanted to box. That, that we know he wants to do. We know, we know he wants to box. And when, the, when uh, Chatri brings something like that up, the non-alignment, I assume he means um, either Francis didn't want a long-term deal or wanted some sort of deal that would allow him to pursue other things. And in addition to the, you know, how much what a big ticket um, uh, uh, purchase he is, you kind of got to go along with that stuff. And if one, you know, wasn't comfortable with it, they weren't comfortable with it. But um, again, it's, we, we know why promotions are releasing these statements. BKFC did it too. They want to get ahead. They got ahead. New York Rick, again, he's worked in PR. He talked about it on the MA hour. Um, this is, this is P- a PR move. You get ahead. It's, it's not me. It's you. It's not me. It's you. Or it's not you. It's me. It's not you. Yeah. It's not you. It's me. It's not you. It's me. We, we are the ones who, who walked away from the deal. You know, we are the ones. It was our choice. It was our choice to walk away from the deal. And anyway, you keep your, you know, you keep your promotion looking good, looking professional. You know, we could have we had Francis Ngannou if we were willing to take that extra step. 
Um, Dave Feldman, I think, was a little more uh, sort of realistic about it on the M hours. He's speaking to Ariel. He said um, he kind of threw a number out there, like 20 million. He wasn't saying that's what Francis asked for, but like, you know, that's sort of up in the range where they might have had to pay and that his promotion just at where they are can't take that risk. If by some chance an Nganu fight flops and they're 20 million out, that's legitimately a, a promotion changing contract. Um, he just said he had to refinance his house before he did BKFC 41. So it doesn't sound like he's in a position to be throwing around 20 mil, even for, I think, a very, very good draw on Francis, but someone who's below that Conor McGregor, Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey, John Jones tier. It's hard. It's, it's hard to make that kind of risk. So uh, I would, I, I do want to tell people, and again, uh, shout out to the MAR for covering a lot of this. It's be wary of um, the people who are so vehemently sided against Francis. I admit I'm biased. I'm a big Francis fan. Generally, fighters, I want, I'm, I'm in favor of them. I want to see them do well. I want to see them have freedom. I want to see them have them options outside of the UFC, outside of Bellator, outside of whatever. But be wary of people who are so aggressively like wanting to see him fail or have already declared him having failed, um, even though we don't know the end. We're not at the end of this story yet. And saying he failed in free agency is absurd. Maybe he goes back to the UFC. There's a chance. There's a chance. Maybe he 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 bites the bullet. These boxing this boxing match just doesn't come around. He goes back to UFC by the end of the year. We've talked about it as a possibility because we want to see him fight John Jones. This is an amazing fight. I'd love to see Francis Ghana go back to the UFC. Maybe he goes back. If he goes back to the UFC and gets a comparable deal to what they were offering offering anyway, uh, then it's fine. Then then that's not a loss. If he gets if he gets whatever that he said like eight million, eight million, ten million. Let's say they still pay him that. They say just come back. We're going to give you. Then then that's not a loss. That's he got to explore his options. Maybe lost some some time in fighting, but that's fine. He's not in a rush to get back in the cage anyway. That's not a loss. If you test your options and then came back and got the same deal, only if we find out he comes crawling back to the UFC with no <laughs> no boxing options, no you know no other negotiating stuff, and somehow ends up with less money. I'm fine with people coming out and saying, you know, France effed up. The France effed up because, yeah, that that's a loss. That that means you lost. That means you lost if you came back and you made less money and you lost all this time and you didn't get what you wanted. But we're so far from that. And Ariel has said that uh, it looks like there there is some sort of deal on the horizon, which is why he maybe didn't, you know, why he couldn't get on the same page as some of his other promotions because it seems like he may have advanced in talks with others. So he hasn't lost yet. The story's far from over. Be wary of people who are against him in this. Those are not, I don't think those are good fans, personally. I just got very judgy. So let, let me move on. Let me, I got very judgy there. YVMZ, let's bring you in, please. But uh, let's let's brighten up my mood here. Let, take me off my high horse, YVMZ. Take me off my high horse, please. <laughs> Hi. Uh, uh, two quick questions for you. Heck, um, yeah. I wanted to ask, uh, who would you favor in the fight between um, Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker? Do you think that would be a, you know, that's a good stylistic matchup? And two, uh, do you have any news on Costa and Hamza? Thank you so much. Uh, thanks, YVM said. Yeah, listen, I, I, I don't have news on uh, Costa and Hamza. Uh, Costa, those are the two most unpredictable guys in that division right now. I'll say this. If they want to make that fight happen, I can we not just make that a 195-pound catch weight? Look, what's the issue? Because we care so much about, oh, they have to make the weight so we know that it's an official middleweight fight and you know we care about the rankings. So I just want to see that fight. It's an awesome fight. 
did, I mean, did we care? Did we care that the the, the Marvin Vittori fight was changed to like whatever light heavyweight the week of? Yeah, it was. It's, it's a silly thing to do. It's unprofessional, but we got a great fight out of it. Do we care that you know uh, that, that Luke Rockhold and Costa was at one eighty five? No, that could have been at light heavyweight. It would have been the same thing. And that was a great fight. That's that was two ridiculous, two fun fights back to back, right? And we did. So who cares? Who cares about weight? Him and Hamzat. The last thing I want to worry about is weight. So uh, I don't know where again. I don't know where it's going with that. Hamzat is so unpredictable. I I think we're all saying he's going to do one eighty five. That seems to be where he's at. But it's it almost seems so dumb to close the door on one seventy because that's where just a lot of us predicted he would become champion. But after that last weigh in debacle i mean for, there's no other thing to call that was a debacle i don't care that he still ended up fighting the card i don't care that ufc found a way to reshuffle the top three fights and and make something cool happen uh they, they you just can't have that happen again you just can't have that again so i say stop screwing around with it i'd love to see paulo casa and hamzat it's a great fight it should happen just make it 195 just make it 195 divisions are are, are fugazi belts are props uh, this is how I feel about it. This is, so yeah, I don't know how close that, that is progressing. But I'll tell you, it would get closer if you just told guys, told both guys, yeah, one ninety five, no worries. It, 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 it would, it would heighten the chances of that bout getting put together. And lastly, Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker. Uh, gosh, why do you come to me? The worst person. I will say this. I say this pretty confidently. And there's some bad fight pickers out there. I might be the worst person at predicting fights in the MMA media I might be the worst I'm very bad you may be asking Alex why do they trust you to do the MMAfighting.com predictions for every card uh I think I'm a okay writer I think I'm like decent at breaking things down like when I finish making a prediction I'm dusting my hands off and I'm kind of like I feel good about this like I, I broke this down in a compelling and logical way or sometimes I'll write something funny. I'll write something sort of more more poetic and like to break down a fight because it's like harder to, you know, it's just like a brawl or something. I think I'm pretty good at that, putting together predictions. But as for actually like picking the winner, the right winner, I am terrible. I don't know what it is. I, I told people not to read my predictions for last week. Go ahead, go back, mfighting.com, UFC Vegas, uh, 72 predictions, check them out. I, I stand by a lot of the logic I had there, but I, the only fight I picked correctly was the Adolfo Vieta. Uh, Cody Brundage fights, and I picked that on the spot, second round submission. But that was like anyone could have picked that. Any Joe Schmo off the street could have picked that fight correctly, who's seen Vieta fight once and seen Cody Brundage fight once. So I take no pride in that. I was wrong on everything else. I thought Ricky Simone was going to step up. Uh, what else happened last week? I thought um, uh, Julian Rosa's experience would be too much for Fernando Padilla. I thought Josh Quinlan could put the pressure on Trey Waters. That's literally the exact opposite of what happened. Trey Waters just with enormous welterweight just killed him from range. Quinlan could not get inside. It was rough, guys. It was rough. So you asked me to pick the winner between Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker. All right, I reserve the right to change my mind before this fight actually happens. I'm going Johnny Walker. I feel like Johnny Walker has turned a corner. He took a lot of crap for some of his previous antics, for going to SBG, SBG Ireland, where it seemed like a bad fit. But he's looked good. He's looked good in his last few fights. I think his physical gifts have sort of, have sort of fallen in line, and and he's on the same page as this new team. And I think I think we're seeing big things ahead for Johnny Walker. So that is my prediction, which means you should put all the money in the world on uh, uh, Anthony Smith by first round knockout or submission. There you go. So I've given you my prediction, but if you're if you're gambling, 
uh, you know to always go the other way as AK. There you go. That's a good good way to remember things. All right, guys, I will log off here. I don't see any uh, pressing incoming calls. Thank you so much. This has been so awesome. I said this last Friday. I said there might be a chance I'll be back. I'm pretty sure uh, our beloved Mike Heck will be back on Thursday. And he's listen, he is ready to answer all. He has so many thoughts, I think. He's ready to answer all of your questions. Oh, we got one request. All right, this this will be the last one from Degenerate University. I am so nervous right now. All right, Degenerate University, please be nice and send us out. Help send us out on a positive note. Let's see if we bring, uh, bring Degenerate University in here. Hello. Hey. Uh, so I was just wondering, uh, mm-hmm. when we think about Media Row, seats being so close, how many times do you think just random guys try to apply for a media pass to a UFC event? That's a great question. Thank you, Degenerate Universe. Thank you for calling in. Uh, I will I will answer. Okay. Thank you. That's a great question. Okay. Uh, this will be the last call, guys. I'm not, I'm not going to take any more. That's a great question. I'd love to end on that. I don't want to call anybody out because, uh, listen, I, I, I've been on Media Row before and uh, I consider myself pretty professional. Um, I, I feel I've I conducted myself well in, in these situations. Uh, you may see me in Vancouver. We'll see. But certainly you do have uh, randos, for lack of a better phrase. You do have uh, some people who are just there to have a cage side seat and not necessarily do any actual reporting, not necessarily do any actual work. This happens a lot, of course, depending uh, what cities you go to, because you get a lot more local media. You know, you get a lot more local media. You get guys who are some people very invested in MMA. I've met some very nice people like in Ottawa from local outlets who I'm like, oh, these are like just waiting for their so enthusiastic that like they finally got a UFC event, you know, kind of coming around. And and, that, and that's awesome. That's awesome. And you see that and, and, you know, you know, they're just reporting it for their whatever the local I should say local paper, but, you know, whatever the, the, the paper is in that area or the website or what have you. Um but yeah, we, we've with with the uh, as as MMA grows and grows and grows and and people listen. Social media is the way it is. You're going to get people that are just showing up to say they were there to get clout. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. I think I want to say less in Las Vegas. I can't speak for it. Um, you, you know, Jose Young's no better than me. But of course, Vegas a much more established um, uh, site for the UFC. You have your usuals. You know, you have you watch any press conference by now your fan recognizes most of these voices, even if they don't know who these people are or know their names, you've heard the voice of John Morgan. You've heard the voice of Jose Young's. You've heard the voice of Oscar Willis. Uh, you know, you know who these people are, but now that they're kind of beginning back on the road and they go to like, I don't know, San Antonio, they go to Charlotte. Yeah. You're going to get, you're going to get some people who uh, you're not familiar with. And uh, it does happen a lot guys. It, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. You get a lot of unfamiliar people, but Prince of positivity here. Glad the UFC is back on the road um, and always, listen, always hoping that we get some new exciting voices out there on Media Row because, um, listen, I was a rando once. Mike Heck was a rando once. New York Rick's still listening. I see you there. I love you, buddy. He was a, well, I don't want to say he was a rando. New York Rick's just born special, but we were all, we, we all started off as just sort of this, you know, when we got our first credential. Um, so yeah, I'm not, you know, if you're out there and uh, you're one of those sort of randos that I'm talking about. I look forward to you, you know, seeing you on Media Row, um, getting those reps in and, uh, you know, just doing it for the love of the game. It's 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 it's, it really is a privilege um, to be able to cover a sport, to be able to cover MMA and and certainly to cover the UFC, you know, the 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 top name in in MMA right and forever, possibly until for eternity. So it really is a privilege. So we see a lot. We definitely see a lot of uh, newbies uh, more so than ever these days. 
But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. That doesn't have to be a bad thing. So I'll leave on that on that positive note. Looking forward to the next generation uh, and current generation guys out there, guys and gals out there who are just on that grind, um, just trying to make a name, just trying to cover this uh, this uh, business that they love because it's great. And again, thank you again, everyone. I'm sort of just continuing my sign off later. Thank you again, everyone. Mike will be back on Thursday. Uh, a lot of MMA this weekend. I'll definitely be talking about it on some of our shows and writing about it. And I'm really, really excited. Pick your poison, people. There's a, there's a lot to do. Again, we got Canelo 2. We got uh, UFC 288. We got one championship. It's going to be a great, great, great week and a great weekend. So take care, everyone. And uh, I'll see you again sometime on uh, Lee of a Morning. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible. Ability and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.